Good morning and happy Thursday to you. It is February 2nd, Groundhog's Day. And uh, I think of all my friends that just love Groundhog's Day this morning. But you know what I love? I love that it's February and I love that we're together on Roadmap to Heaven this morning here in the 7 o'clock hour. So let's begin our morning in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, there's that movie, Groundhog Day. Some people like it, some people don't. But in the movie, the main character repeats the same day over and over and over again. And he learns a lot about himself, and he learns a lot about life, and he learns a lot about those around him in the process. And some days we say, oh, man, it feels like I'm living that. It feels like every day just repeats one after the other, after the other, after the other. But, you know, yesterday we were talking about the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And one of the things that uh, I was saying was that you have to be repentant and you have to be contrite. But really, it's more than that. You have to have that firm purpose of amendment. Our Lord freely offers forgiveness through the absolution of the priest, but we have to have that firm purpose of amendment. It's not enough just to be sorry. We have to not want to do that sin again. And yet what happens inevitably for a lot of us is even though we have that firm purpose of amendment, at some point in life, we're going to give in to temptation again. And it can be very frustrating and we feel like we're living the same thing over and over. Well, rather than live it over and over and not learn from it, I like to think that our Lord has graced me with the opportunity each time that I go back to the sacrament, again, with that firm purpose of amendment, the same one I had the time before, and then I stumbled and fell again, and says, Adam, all right, what have you learned from it? What have you learned from it? You know, it used to be that, oh, maybe you were just careless and you found yourself in the occasion of sin, and then it was really easy to fall into sin, and then you realize what you're doing and, and you're contrite and you had that purpose of amendment, that firm purpose of amendment. You came back, but you didn't know how to live your life so as to not, I don't know, be in that occasion of sin. Which, by the way, in the, the uh, act of contrition that I pray, one of the things that a lot of us pray for uh, is that we will avoid the occasion of sin. And so each time going back, feeling like I'm living it over and over again, there's always new insights and new graces. Okay, you want this out of your life then you don't want to give into that temptation. You don't want to give into that sin again. Then change these things in your life. Firm purpose of amendment means you're going to change. You know, it's not just firm purpose not to sin again. It's to change things so that you don't have that occasion of sin as best as you can. Some things are out of our control, but there's a lot in our control. And uh, wow. And by the way, Bishop Hugh Doyle said it best when he said, whoever prays the rosary, uh, you know, I'm going to paraphrase this here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. You can't pray the rosary and be in a state of mortal sin. Uh, You're either going to give up the rosary or you're going to give up the mortal sin. Right now. That's why I say pray the rosary every day. That's one, one of the main reasons, because in my life that has been true. The more I have been successful at praying the rosary every day, the less frequently I find myself when I make that examination of conscience saying, oh, mortal sin alert right there. No, Our Lady is very kind and her intercession is very powerful. And as the Psalms say, when we draw near to the Father, we are under 
the mantle of his protection. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about going to visit our Lord late in the uh, night or in the early hours of the morning. I think some would say the wee small hours of the morning. And then also we're going to be talking about getting ready for Lent. We are just 18 days away. 20 days away. We're 20 days away from the start of Lent. We've got some more for our radio listeners as well, and of course the Daily Dose of Encouragement today. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for today's weather. Today is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, and we will hear from Malachi. I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. And we'll also hear from Simeon in Luke as he discovers He is in the presence of the Lord. Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him, and Simeon blessed them and then said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. On this joyful day, we learn with the Holy Family, Jesus is the Messiah. Mary has a specific mission and that the journey will involve suffering for our sorrowful mother. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed and safe day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Our next guest is someone I've known for quite some time, and I've known her husband for even longer, but he's not with us today because <laughs> he has to work. Julie Lassiter's here. Julie, it's good to have you with us on the show today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So we are in the early morning drive right now, but we're going to rewind the clock a little bit and talk about late night holy hours, which is not something I often think of because I'm like, I've got to get to bed. I've got to get up early <laughs> to get to the radio station. But I do remember a time in life where some of the best holy hours were those holy hours overnight in the wee small hours of the morning. What is it that you love about late night holy hours? I think it's just such a beautiful time to sit and reflect and know that it's a sacrifice. Like it's always a sacrifice of our time to take out of our busyness and to just be still. And no one's going to come into church that late at night. Well, most of the time, there's a rare chance that you have someone come in late at night. But uh, Peter and I, my husband, we have shared a holy hour from our parish. We are blessed to have perpetual adoration from Monday through Friday. And um, we have you know people overnight, which is great. It's hard to find a substitute when you can't be there. Um, but um, it really is just a time to find peace. You can still hear the road close by. We're at Immaculate Heart of Mary in New Melly. And our large church um, has a chapel in the back. But the beginning church, when we first got there, you maybe 75 people in that church. Have you ever been there? I it's, have not. It is tiny. We did not get married in that church. We got married in the new church in, in 2007. Um, but we always joked that that little chapel, it would be da-da-da. And I'd be done. Like I would be down, <laughs> down the <laughs> aisle. Down right? the aisle. <laughs> and uh, so, it, but it's beautiful to just walk in there. The smells of that old church and the, the soft lighting, and uh, 
to just be at peace. You know, there's, I don't know. I, I, when you go to adoration, do you have like a, an agenda? Do you well, like I, I set like, your meeting with I, Jesus? I, kind of. I use, <laughs> I, I use the old acronym ACTS, Adoration, yeah. Contrition, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving supplication. supplication. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but now I want to go back to something you just said about sure. you can hear the road. And, and this is an important thing because I crave silence and I crave quiet, but they're two very different things. I live in the city, so it's never silent. Mm-hmm. But it is quiet because quiet is really that internal disposition of saying, I'm going to shut off what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, and just let God speak. Whereas silence is that absence of noise. Oh, you know, the cars aren't going to drive by. I have no control over that, but I can choose to be quiet in the presence of the Lord. That's right. And when we try to quiet our minds, I think that's the biggest struggle for anybody. Um, my kids even, they, they want to be busied. They want to have things to do. And so when we take that time to just sit still, it takes, even if it's a holy hour, a holy hour, it'll take me 30 minutes to quiet my mind, you know, and just keep turning that over visually, mentally, putting it at the foot of the cross right there. And um, just say it out loud. I love that I can sing. I can not necessarily dance, <laughs> but I can sing if I feel called at that moment to just sing out in prayer. No one's judging me. No one's no one's watching or listening. Um, and if you know, if wow, if I want to read the scripture out loud, if I want to practice an upcoming um, talk that I'm giving, like that's, I feel like it's such a sacred time. Um, Peter and I share it at often. Like he'll go one week and I'll go one week, and a lot of times we find ourselves wanting to go there together. Even the new baby comes with us because he wants to spend time with the Lord. You know, he's so peaceful. And um, I have pictures of my kids with us at adoration late at night, and they are very joyful even when they wake up, which is beautiful. I I imagine that there are times that the alarm clock goes off and it's time to go to the holy hour, and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, why did I sign up for this Uh, holy hour? But you know, everyone I've talked to about this, they've all said pretty much the same thing, that a lot of the times when that alarm goes off and you say, oh, I do not want to get out of bed right now to go to the holy hour— those also end up being the times that at the end of the holy hour, you're saying, I am really glad oh, I yeah. got out of bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, I, I went and I, oh, it was just a really beautiful prayer time. I, I had thought about it beforehand. I sent a message to a few friends and was like, hey, what can I pray for you for? I'm going to take you to adoration with me tonight. And I had some intentions with me and I felt very purposeful in my time there. And um, I left feeling so joyful. I came home, you know, it's three in the morning and I'm doing some dishes. I'm doing some laundry. I'm trying to be real quiet, you know. Um, but even and then I go back to bed. It was like 3.30 in the morning and get another hour and a half. And I felt great all day. It was wonderful. Just one week later, and that was right after Christmas because they take a little time off at Christmas. Just one week later, I was dragging. I was not spending my time in prayer during the day throughout, you know, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I realized I wasn't going to go. I told myself, no, I'm not going. And I was going to skip it. <laughs> and it was one oh two, And I'm like, get out of bed. So I got out of bed and I was angry and I go to adoration. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, do you remember how joyful I was? Wait, that was just last week. Oh, my goodness. How much time has passed? And what have I been doing? And I felt like the the angel from um, the angel of peace and Fatima where he, he appears and says, what are you doing? You know, I felt like that was happening to me. What are you doing with your time? And I knew I had been selfish with my time. I was angry about just things being allowing things to overwhelm me instead of reaching out for help and putting that at the foot of the cross. And what I had just done the week before of offering so much for other people and providing that in like a, a way to serve. Um, serve the church, serve the people by giving up for their prayers. I was so self-focused. And I'm like, man, that really allowed me to reset. And it changed my whole week. 
All right, before we run out of time here, here's the big question. I, a lot of times I'll be checking out parish bulletins to see what's going on, and I often see this. We're looking for adorers to fill some slots on the schedule, and many times those are overnight. So someone might be listening right now and saying, you know what, I want to rise to the occasion. I want to take the challenge. I want to be a late-night adorer. What would you encourage them? Where, where do you start? Because it's going to be an adjustment. Mm-hmm. What's one thing they should keep in mind to make it a good holy hour? To choose a day that they know it's going to be a sacrifice. Like maybe their Thursdays are always really heavy. And so they know Wednesday that would be an easy excuse, but they need to be in prayer before that busy day. So even though you might be dragging a little bit, it's a beautiful way to suffer and sacrifice. Pete just talked about uh, this past week, he went and um, he had a big, he's an attorney. So he had a big court thing going up and he was just like, man, I'm so glad I went because he struggled with praying for the opposing party and uh, because it was a conflicted case, right? But in the moment he was there, he knew he had that strength and it had come from that prayer time beforehand and just offering up to God. It was beautiful. There you have it. If you've been thinking, maybe I should make that late night holy hour, you should make that late night holy hour. Julie Laster (laughs) and I agree on that one. (laughs) Julie, thank you so much for being with us today. We'll have to have you back on the show sometime. In the meantime, we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication, but in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. Here's a little catequiz question for us this morning. We were talking about holy hours before the break, and you can make a holy hour in the Adoration Chapel on your own or even by making a visit to the church and just praying in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. But periodically and in many parishes, there is exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in a liturgical form that begins with the singing of a hymn and then concludes with benediction with the singing of another hymn. What are those two hymns? The first is O Salutaris Hostia, O Saving Victim, a a hymn of praise for the salvific work that our Lord does for us, opening wide the gate of heaven to those of us here on earth below, uh, asking for grace as we press on with our foes coming against us as we endeavor to grow in holiness. The second, Tantum Ergo, composed by St. Thomas Aquinas, part of the hymn Pange Lingua, Sing My Tongue, the Savior's Glory. It's actually verses 5 and 6 of that hymn, a hymn that we sing every year on Holy Thursday with the, during the procession of the Blessed Sacrament at the conclusion of Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. And then, of course, the great response, You have given them bread from heaven, having within it all sweetness. Panem de cello, praestitiz dies, omne delectamentum in seabentum. It's one of my favorite things things to sing at the holy hour. So there you have it. We're going to get you one more check of the weather here in the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and then we'll wrap up. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We pause on this Thursday for our Daily Dose of Encouragement, where hope is not going to disappoint, and neither is Patty Schneier. Well, we're talking about Romans 5, 5, hope does not disappoint. And yesterday I was talking about maybe songs or prayers that can help us regain our hope. I want to talk about some gospel stories and some images that are my favorite whenever I need to have hope. And one of my favorite images is just the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. Every time I think about that, Hope counts on our Lord and his power to multiply our tiny efforts, our tiny growth, our tiny faith. Jesus makes use of whatever is available, 
whatever we have, even if we know it's not enough, even if we're discouraged, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, I don't have enough energy, I don't have enough strength. We say that all the time in our everyday life. But what we can say when we think about this image is, what do I have right now? And we also know we can't procrastinate. Jesus says, give it to me now. And then give them your five loaves and two fish. Get to work doing whatever it is you can do, and he will multiply. He will multiply it. So find your little way to bring joy to others, and you'll experience hope. Find your little way to get something done today or get it off your to-do list, and you'll have hope. You'll start to see the goodness that comes out in others, and you'll experience new opportunities. You'll meet new people. Get to work doing what you can with your five loaves and two fish. Hope does not disappoint. Romans 5, 5. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And today, think about that and think about the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. It makes me think about a mouse pad someone once gave me that says, all I need today is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Patty, thanks for this encouragement. All right, your mission this weekend, First Friday Devotion tomorrow, First Saturday Devotion on Saturday tomorrow. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray in honor of the Sacred Heart, and pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart. This mission given to us by our Lord through St. Margaret Mary Alico. Saturday, the mission given to us by the Blessed Mother through the apparitions at Fatima. Make a good confession. If you need to go to confession before First Friday, that'll count for First Saturday, too. Go to Mass, receive Holy Communion, pray the Rosary, meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the Rosary. Remember, for that confession, not only contrition, but firm purpose of amendment. Even if you don't have a mortal sin, it's good to make that monthly devotional confession and to ask for the grace to avoid the occasion of sin and to avoid sinning in the future. Those are our missions given to us by our Lord and by the Blessed Mother. Let's choose to accept them. I want to thank Julie Lassiter for being with us this morning, as well as uh, our, our priests who have been so kind to share their words to allow us to get ready for First Friday and to get ready for Mass and, and to get ready for Lent this morning. And I want to thank you for being with us. Don't forget, we've got several good events coming up in the coming months here next week. Jason Everett's going to be at St. Mary's in Alton for a purified event on Tuesday night. For more information on that, go to chastity.com. He's also going to be at St. Joseph in Manchester in early March. You can find that on Jason's calendar as well at chastity.com. The Catholic Men for Christ Conference is just a few short weeks away. They announced today some discount codes for college students, high school students, and young adults. So be sure to check those out uh, at archstl.org. You can also find information on Catholic Women for Christ. What a great Valentine's Day gift coming up. You know, women, get that man in your life uh, at a pass to attend Catholic Men for Christ. And men, get that woman in your life a pass to attend Catholic Women for Christ. Or to go do some other things. Say, hey, I'm going to watch the kids so you can go make a holy hour, or I'll get up with you so you can go make that late night holy hour, and you don't have to get up and get ready by yourself. Make some act of sacrifice to love those around you. The St. Louis Marian Conference is coming up in May. It's not too early to register for that, too. stlmc.org. Check out the great speakers. You're going to recognize almost all of the names, if not all of them. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Blessed Mother, help of Christians, pray for us. And St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Well, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have with us Deacon James Keating. He's a professor of spiritual theology, formation advisor, and spiritual director at Kenrick Glennon Seminary. We look forward to speaking with him. We'll also have some stuff to help us get ready for first Saturday, so tune in for that. In the meantime, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And as always, remember, the Blessed Mother wants you and me to pray the rosary today.